yeah, Eric Schmidt is no filter, but he's kind of like soft spoken, whatever. Bomber right, right. And he just yells at people. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Windows 8, it's awesome. It's Windows 8, awesome, take okay? this, take this tablet. Please. This is episode 61 of Yats every Wednesday night. Yet another tech show.com. Check it out. That's our website. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me this evening, we got Mike Rothman back in the house. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. Glad to be back with you. Good to have doing you back, good. man. We also got Larry Press. How you doing, Larry? Hi, guys. Doing great. Good to see you again, Mike. Excellent. We got Eric Schimmelfennig joining us again. What's up, Eric? Been a minute. Yep. It's been a, a couple minutes since we had you on the show. Good to have you back. And also joining us from I Do Notes, we got Chris Miller. What's up, Chris Miller? Hola. Hola, como esta? <laughs> oh, man, tons of great tech news to talk about. Uh, starting off, I'd like to get, I mean, it's, I'd li- it's not old news, but it, it's been talked to death. But we haven't talked it to death with Eric Schimmelfenig, and I'm kind of curious what uh, Mike Rothman, if you have any more thoughts on it, and also Chris Miller, uh, about the, the NSA PRISM thing. And uh, more importantly, I'm curious what you guys think if you heard Steve Gibson's breakdown of why it's called PRISM and what it's doing, and that uh, basically the NSA is wiretapping the major companies at the ISP level. Uh, you hear everyone asking the the large tech companies, like, are you doing this? How many of these requests are you getting? We haven't heard anybody ask any of the ISPs, like, are you getting wiretapped from your fiber? Uh, so, yeah, do you? Uh, what do you think, Eric? Is this something you're you're creeped about, or what? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not surprised. Um, I'm pissed about it, and and what's what's I don't know what's scarier them convincing Google to give them, and I'm not saying they've done this, but convincing Google and other companies to get backdoors into their data or them just cutting it off in the middle. <laughs> that kind of freaks Well, yeah, because that's the thing. We've seen the tech companies all be like, yo, they don't have access to our servers. And it's like, well, they do have access to your ISP's fiber, apparently, because that's what, and, and I don't know if this is true or not, but that's what makes sense. And that's what Steve Gibson came to the conclusion of is that, you know, they're basically tapping right in the fiber, mirroring half of that light to their own processing uh, station that then sends the data off to uh, Utah or wherever it's, it's going. And the, I like uh, Google has no idea because they're, they're they're getting spied on, you know? I mean, I'm not surprised at all. And and the, the thing, you know, and I keep hearing like, well, if you use the HTTPS, like you're, you know, you, you're probably okay. Like there is no way that they don't, they can't break any encryption that is publicly used encryption. I mean, well, and they may not be able to do it right now, but as computing gets more powerful, who's to say that they can't go back years later and crack your your encrypted uh, your pre-internet encrypted blocks of of pseudo random noise? Basically, there's, there's there's a suggestion now that I've heard that if in fact you use some form of encryption yeah. in your internet use. That sort of marks you as a a, per, a suspicious person. Interesting. Like, what are you hiding? And now we're yeah. curious what you're hiding. Yeah. We think we're going to look real good at Eric because he's been using HPP. <laughs> no, but, yes. but it's, it's like like there's there's no problem that's unsolvable and there's no computer that's unhackable given right. enough people and enough time, right? So it's like... Like, take Gmail, for example. Gmail is over HTTPS, so it's encrypted, right? Right, right. But, like, gajillions of people use Gmail, so that's a huge target. And, like, oh, if I were the sure. NSA and I wanted to read stuff, like, dude, we're cracking Gmail. Like, that's num- that's one of the top five things we're going to crack. So it's, like, I find it hard to believe that things like Gmail and other, however that's encrypted, I don't know, 
that they haven't cracked that. And it's 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 almost. I, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like now that the, the light has been made of this, like it's good and it's bad because now more stuff is going to get encrypted and then more encryption is probably going to get broken. So then we'll have less. You, you know what I mean? It's That's like, a good like point. Now to, yeah. Before this happened, like to encrypt something, it's like, holy crap, somebody encrypted something special that wasn't Gmail and like nobody was really looking. But now like everything right. is going to be encrypted. And we uh, talked a little bit about this on a Attack of the Androids last night. Uh, we have a stable release for the Toro uh, Galaxy Nexus and I'm sure other uh, versions of CyanogenMod 10.1. Uh, me and Eric had a bet going of what would come out first, that stable or Android 4.3. And mm-hmm. uh, he was a, I thought he was in the lead for a while. It wasn't looking too good for, uh, for us CM, but then they dropped it last uh, couple days ago. But uh, yep. the point, the next thing that, that uh, Steve Kondek said he was, they were going to be working on adding to CyanogenMod is these extra privacy settings, um, this thing called incognito, or I don't, I don't know if that's exactly what it's called, but what it does is basically whatever app you pick, say Facebook is requesting your contact list, you can turn on incognito mode and this thing will send Facebook an empty list. And you can do this for all sorts of, of stuff. So uh, he also is thinking, I think they were adding some sort of uh, encryption for text messaging built into the, the OS itself, which is kind of what we've been using for a while in TechSecure from Whisper Systems. Um, but that, you, you can encrypt your, your messages on your device and have a password and all that. But in order to send encrypted messages, the person you're sending it to also has to be using text secure. You have to uh, verify keys and all that. So what the new CyanogenMod uh, stuff is going to do is make it to where instead of everyone needing a text secure app, all you have to do is make sure that the other person is using CyanogenMod. And it will internally do do the encrypting um, and, and send your messages. So... Even with that kind of stuff, like, I mean, how safe is that going to be eventually? Also, though, knowing that, are you going to be more prudent in what you're using your devices for, Eric? I mean, I have nothing to hide. And, in fact, I was actually commenting on on Steve Kondik's G Plus thread there. And it's like, I mean, cool. Like, I'm glad they're doing that. But it's only going to work, you know, inside the little zone of people that have CyanogenMod and like... Right, right. So, so wait, you're going to do illegal things or be a spy and you're going to use an unreliable... Well, know. Eric, check this out. As the, the King High Overlord Level 8 boss of this terrorist group, I'm going to hand out burner phones that all have CyanogenMod pre-installed on them. <laughs> so. Okay, all right. Because I take I, I, care of my people. I got to take care of my people. All right. <laughs> what, Mike? Do you have a comment? Jesus. I didn't know you were that generous. Yeah, that's <laughs> hey, that's all the money you guys donate for the server bills, it doesn't go towards the server. The question I'm sort of wondering about is how I feel about the, um, you know, the leaker and his... Uh, his various efforts uh, to escape uh, Hong Kong and Russia and where he's going to land. And, I, you know, the part, the part of the story that I, I can really get incensed about the part of the story where the government is lying to us and spying on us. But the part of the story I'm not very cool with is this whole business of, of uh, escaping U.S. jurisdiction and hiding out around the world with, People like the Chinese and the Russians. Well, is it what is? I saw this on Google Plus. What does that say for the country he's fleeing from? We used to be a country that you know yeah, it was yeah. considered your not your right, but like it's something you do that if there's some shady crap going on, you need to tell somebody about it. And we've made this transition from that state into. If you say anything about this giant list of shady crap that we're doing, we're going to throw you in Gitmo for the rest of your life. And the other thing, it's like I feel like he wouldn't have to do this. And I follow Kevin Mitnick on uh, Twitter, and he had some interesting um, advice 
for this gentleman as far as and you guys if you're familiar with Kevin Mitnick you read the book Ghosts in the Wires and maybe yeah. even seen the the movie Hackers too <laughs> but he knows a little something about being on the lamb and he said something about taking a, a page out of John McAfee's playbook and don't tweet your location or you know show your disguises and all that kind of stuff but in the end what it comes down to is should he have to do this for shining a light on the shady, shady crap our government's been doing to us? Chris Miller, thoughts? Sorry, that on was the whole, on, on the whole prism thing? Well, just on, on, on Mr. Snowden and, and being on the run and, and, and going to these other countries that we're maybe not necessarily the best friends of, which means yeah. he won't get extradited, right? Yeah, get expedited. That's one big thing. But, I mean... We're getting into the dilemma of, you know, where is the tattletaling compared to right, right, the information compared to how much is true? Are we are is the media and us over emphasizing some of the stuff that's being passed out, or the flip side is are we underestimating everything that's going on? And he's trying, you know, to share and get us to share this info. And that's and what it kind of sounds like, but you never know with these things, right? Right, and so who's prosecuting him? Who's going after him? I don't understand why we're so worried about extraditing because we don't even know who wants to charge him with what at this point. The government wants to make him disappear, right? With what? With with drones. (laughs) So you know, it's but it's all to us. It's all make believe government stuff because if he comes back, right, right, vanish public trial. No, probably not. You know, we'll never hear from him again. (laughs) He'll be gone. (laughs) And that's eerie, man. That's that's really eerie. No, don't you think they'd give him a trial if he came back? I think they'd make him disappear. We'd never even know he came back. No. I think no. I think we know he came He's back. Too famous to disappear. Well, I think he he'd come back, but I think what would happen is he would uh, become lost in the court system long enough that we would lose interest. There you go. That's oh, yeah. shoot, I think we're already starting to lose interest. That well, happens. yeah, and I just wanted to 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 touch on it just because you know we haven't had Eric on it since, and yeah. I, I was kind of curious. If it's making you use social media or anything like that any differently, or if you're like us and you've known how to properly use it and assume that whatever you post online is going to be public, regardless of if it says private or otherwise. I, I assume that pretty much anything I use a computer for, exactly. could, at some point, I mean, sure, if I send an email, like, I know that's not going to go out to the public, but it's like, anytime you send a message... The possibility is there. The possibility there, is, yeah. is more than there. So. Hey, speaking of uh, speaking of McAfee, did anybody see his video on how to uninstall uh, McAfee? McAfee. <laughs> yeah, classic. <laughs> well, we yeah. will put a link to that in the show notes at yetanothertexture.com for episode sixty-one. It is so funny. It was that was fantastic. That was just there was no other word to describe it. It was fantastic. It was like well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> Or he it's was like, banging on the cap on his software, which is no. Ye, I don't want to. I, 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 do you spoil something like this? So you just got to watch it. it, it was, but L- Larry, it was like, like, uh, just he's crazy. I mean, he's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But, but he's like not crazy at the same time because he has his wits about him. He's a controlled so, crazy, right? Yeah, he he does. <laughs> what I would argue is a fairly well produced video he clearly had like a green screen on and he's wearing like a smoking jacket and he's lighted up a cigarette and he's like this is how we uh this is how we uninstall mcafee antivirus and and he just and then there's like there's just really slutty women in it and drugs <laughs> and awful jokes and it's really just it's just fantastic so eric how do you uninstall mcafee antivirus i I believe I have to be rich, uh, living in a really cheesy mansion with a fisheye lens, and right. I need a, but I need a bunch of women and bad tattoos. I mean, I don't know. Suicide uh, girls, I need suicide girls to kill this program, please. <laughs> wasn't he accused of murdering somebody or something? Uh, he was yeah, a person of. On the land, wasn't he? he was a person of interest, right? Yeah. I guess so, but, but some, he's back in the U.S. now, right? Somehow that magically went away. <laughs> so, man. All right, so uh, let's talk to his lawyer. <laughs> yeah, right? His lawyer and all of the money he probably threw at it from your installations of McAfee antivirus. Ting. Not me. 
let's see. Microsoft, the Kinect for Xbox One will not work on PCs. There's no USB adapter for PC use, and Windows users will need a special version of the hardware. Anybody care about this? Uh, we'll start with Chris Miller. No? I, no, I, no. No? I mean, okay. I don't care about it. You're buying a new piece of equipment. New, it doesn't work with something else. Does it work with something else now? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't have an Xbox One. From what or I understand. 360. Right. It doesn't work with anything else now because you're, unless people are trying to build some special app, you can't just plug it in and use Connect for something now, can you? No, I do remember seeing some YouTube videos, but these were way hacked together of someone like early beta version of controlling their Windows uh, through it. But it was like I said, it was nothing any normal person is going to be doing. I, my my connect has never left from under the TV, and it never will leave. I just mastered the voice commands for gosh sakes. Nice. Xbox Next, right? Xbox Pause. I've just ma- why the hell would I want to hook it to my PC? I so mean, so you can relearn everything. Or so my PC can throw a hissy fit saying, what is this USB plugged in? <laughs> I don't know what this is. Get it out of here. I, if they're whining about it, then, okay, here's the other question. Let me, let's me let reverse it. Mm. Why would you want to hook a console controller or any other piece to a PC when it's made for a console, not for a PC? So that your PC can spy on you better. What big eyes you have, Connect. You know what? Go buy yourself a $80 Logitech HD camera and let it go. Yep, the C910, baby. Uh, it go. says, when Microsoft announced a special next-generation Connect for Windows pre-release developer program earlier today, the move got us wondering, from Ars Technica here, whether Windows-based tinkerers couldn't just plug the Connect that came with the Xbox One into their PC instead, as hackers did almost immediately after the release of the original Connect for the 360. Uh, unfortunately, as we just talked about, the answer is no uh, Microsoft has confirmed to Ars Technica that the new generation Kinect that comes packaged with every Xbox One console has a proprietary connector that cannot be plugged directly into a PC and that Microsoft is not planning to release an adapter to allow this cross-platform use. So there you go. Anyone getting an Xbox One? Eric? You getting one? Uh... Yeah, I, I've got to get Grand Theft Auto Five. I got to get it right. <laughs> and, and you know, as a consolation prize, I'll be able to play Halo again. So, there yes, you go. <laughs> done and done. Chris Miller, you getting one? Are you you into console game at all? Uh, so I have an Xbox now. Mm-hmm. I have the 360. I love playing the games on it. Um, it does the streaming stuff. I'm a little scared about this triple OS thing we talked about, right? Talked to, and the article should be on a new domain for the bot. Right, thing. right. Um, had the PlayStation. I like the console games, but am I going to go spend more money to get one that may or may not do stuff? And play nope. Uh, yeah, I'm not in a rush. Not. <laughs> uh, Mike, you into Xbox gaming at all? You know, I have an Xbox 360. I don't use it very much. I don't have a lot of time for games. I might in the future. It looks like an intriguing box, and it may have some really great apps developed for it over time, uh, particularly streaming apps. That kind of interests me, but right now I, I feel like the uh, the Roku hits the sweet spot on video streaming, just fine. Thank you very much. Nice. And it does seem like like Microsoft is wanting the the Xbox to be more than just a gaming console. And I mean, we've seen this with the PlayStation and everything. They're all trying to uh, take over your your living room in a way. And, and yeah, it's five hundred dollars. It's not yeah, much of that. Right, five hundred. And all Mike had to say, all she had to say, Mike was Roku. Roku, one hundred dollars streaming little box of the of goodness. Little box of goodness. Is it that good for real? I love the Roku. I got three now. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah, I do too. That's right, the thing. Room? No, nobody. The price point for a TV watching thing is a hundred dollars, not five hundred. Correct, and we're in yeah. here, wait, we're going to do a survey in the Kickstarter room. We're having the meeting here. Roku? Roku. 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 Okay. Yeah, we got Rokus. Roku, Roku all around. Wow, Roku. impressive, guys. Yeah, more the Roku. Where is it? There he is. More Rokus. Roku, Roku, Roku. Rokus. <laughs> nice, guys. <laughs> Welcome to Yats. <laughs> Xbox 360. <laughs> going to say if thumbs. Roku, if Roku gets AirPlay or, or some equivalent for Android, I will be totally yeah. on board. Right? I that's that's going to be the killer thing. Yeah, really. It's true. Good stuff. Did you guys see Oracle and Salesforce getting partnered up together? Uh, what does that mean? 
Oracle, Salesforce, that kind of seems like an odd fit. Does uh, Oracle maybe need new PR and they're just going to hire all of Salesforce to do it? What do you think, Eric? I don't know. Larry Ellison needs more mansions and more cars. Is that it? Says, quote, Larry and I both agree that Salesforce.com and Oracle need to integrate our clouds. That's Mark Benioff, chairman and CEO of Salesforce. Uh, he says Salesforce's doc, sale, Salesforce.com's CRM integrated with Oracle's Fusion HCM and financial cloud is the best of both worlds. The simplicity of Salesforce combined with, yay, the power of Oracle. He is the guy that runs uh, Salesforce used to work for, for Oracle. That's one Mark thing. Benioff, really? Yeah. Interesting. Are either of their clouds that amazing? Will this make one poop cloud or will this be uh, something good? Mike? I don't know. There's another Oracle development this week, and that is Oracle's entered into a strategic partnership with Microsoft for uh, to provide Oracle in uh, the Microsoft Azure cloud structure. Oh, really? And and notice that that means Oracle is competing with Microsoft's own database, MySQL, which they offer through Azure. So, so Oracle's, you know, Oracle has a boatload of money. They've got a very successful operation, and they're throwing their weight around. What else is new? <laughs> what else is new? They say, quote, with over 1 billion complex transactions delivered every single day, an, or uh, an Oracle Linux and Exadata infrastructure will make Salesforce.com a more efficient company, and our customers will benefit. That's Parker Harris, co-founder and executive vice president of Salesforce. He says, deploying Exadata engineered systems throughout our data centers will allow us to significantly lower overall hardware, floor space, and energy costs, while simultaneously providing our customers with higher performance and better reliability. Blah, 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 press release. It sounds What's it that sounds more like an infrastructure thing than adding any uh, synergistic features. Yeah, from yeah. the quotes there, that kind of seems like where they're going. We need more computers, guys. We need more well, infrastructure. There, there were also rumors a while back that Oracle was in the market to acquire Salesforce. Hmm. Uh, that sort of struck terror in the heart of Salesforce customers. Of everyone that worked there and or used their service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, maybe yeah. Oracle should hire some uh, pen testers and fix Java. Just just lot. throwing it out there, Oracle. Yeah. Fix Java. How about that? Okay. Uh, let's see. Windows. Start. Oh, go ahead, Eric. Or who said that? What? Who? Any, any other thoughts on this? Chris Miller? Go Oracle. Go Salesforce. Okay. Um, Oracle, no, nothing. Because I, you know, I deal with Salesforce, the cloud. I deal with their Force product. I deal with a lot of people migrating to it. Oracle gives another great backend database engine for them to do a really good CRM front end, and it gives them a real scalable backend. But it's an enterprise level solution that very few people will be able to take advantage of right now. Sure. And yeah. the entrance factor will be low because it's like a per user right cloud solution. The question is, you know, we do cloud solutions. The question is, uh, are they going to integrate it for you, or do you have to build your app layers on the Salesforce Force platform, and they haven't actually specified that from what I read? So do you build your own, or are they giving you the app? I have no idea. Yeah, see, there's the question. That's the unanswered question is how much investment do you have to put in as the customer that's going to use it? Right, right. Eric, any thoughts on this? Oh, Mike, go Chris, ahead. This is, Chris, this is Salesforce. I, I mean, uh, pardon me, this is Oracle. The, the only answer is how far over do they need you to bend? And, and how many decimal points do you have? Yeah, yeah. Commas after commas. <laughs> All right. I knew that reference. Yeah, I, I, uh, that's fine. Uh, moving on, Microsoft, Windows 8.1, having their uh, build 2013 conference. Uh, Mike, didn't you went last year, didn't you? Uh, no, I didn't, and I would have liked to, and I'd like to have been there this year, particularly because attendees have received not only a uh, a new Microsoft Surface tablet, but Ooh. also a, an Acer Iconia tablet. Not too Ooh. bad, the 8.1 inch? Both running Windows um, 
RT. Everyone well, was think, like, where's our Android? This isn't right. <laughs> Throwing him back at Steve Ballmer. Take you're not, this you're not getting Android at this shop, buddy. Nope, not, not <laughs> in the least. Uh, no, I like no. how this article off uh, the register, it says, everything is beautiful at Microsoft's Build Developer Conference this year. Beautiful, gorgeous, delightful, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Uh, they say that the, the word beautiful seems to be stammered out about as often as most speakers say, uh... Uh, yeah, they, beautiful. They don't have uh, technology to sell, so they're trying to sell design, I guess. Right, right. Uh, I think is the is the take on that. We have Steve Ballmer re- promising rapid release, as is their new mantra. Yeah. Meaning they, it it won't take them three years between iterations of their operating system. It'll take them a year. Do you think they have it in place to where that that can actually happen? Well, that's actually what is happening with Windows 8, 8.1. 8.1 will be available a year after 8.8 8 was available. But it can't come soon enough. Windows needs to sort of change the subject on Windows 8. And they're doing a lot to do that. A lot of it's typical Microsoft style, a lot of incremental improvements to the operating system. And also one or two sort of fundamental reversals of returning the... The start menu, right? Implementing a start button and allowing boot to desktop are are big. What, what, by the way, the 8.1 developer beta w- was, re- I guess it's a consumer preview, was released today on the web. So, Oh, nice. Uh, if, if you look want around your... for the link to that. We'll put it in the show notes. You can download and try 8.1. Although it is a beta, and you're going to have to reinstall your apps when you install the final version of 8.1. But you'll get your start menu back. I like he says, Balmer's up on stage, and he says, This is innovation that had to be unlocked. We had to do work on Windows, and our partners had to do work in the same or in the semiconductors and in the system designs to really bring the small tablet form factor to light. We had to actually beat the level two boss and then unlock the new start menu. So now you all have it because the dragon is slayed. We have slayed the dragon. Wow. I know. I know. Matt, I got to have you do our dramatic readings every week. Oh, I would love to. Uh Uh-huh. And now Matt Lee playing the role of Steve Ballmer. Customers who have Windows 8 on touch systems are much, much happier than other Windows 8 customers. Do you know why? Because we unlocked the magic. It's been unlocked. And in fact, they're even happier than our Windows 7 customers. I'm having a heart attack. (laughs) Steve Ballmer and scene. Bomber, Bomber is one of, he, he used to be one of my favorite people to watch talk because, I mean, he seems like he's kind of a jerk, but I love him because he just there's like almost no filter with him. Oh, for real, right? He's almost there's, the Eric Schmidt of Microsoft in a way with his quotes and his. Oh, but yeah. like, like yeah, Eric Schmidt is no filter, but he's kind of like soft spoken, whatever. Bomber, right, right, and he just yells at people. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Windows Eight, it's awesome. It's Windows it's Eight. Awesome, Take okay? this. Take this tablet. <laughs> no, seriously, take it. We have like a million of these sitting on the shelves, and nobody's bought one. Take it, please take it. <laughs> I, I watched him. I oh damn it! it was, I, I want to say it was like All Things D or, or something, but he was talking about this is before Windows Eight came out, and he was talking about how great when yeah it was Windows Seven. He was talking about how great Windows Seven was, and the guy who was like asking him questions had a MacBook Air, <laughs> and he like grabbed his MacBook Air. He's like, come on. What can you do with this thing? And he's kind of waving around, and he just sort of takes it, and, like cracks it on the table in front no. of the guy. I mean, you like smash it up, but like definitely like yeah, yeah. mishandled this guy's MacBook. Like I'm lucky I have an SD in this thing; otherwise, my hard drive would just be broke. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, I, I, I got a toast out back that would roast this thing. It'll be awesome. <laughs> like, dude, I love you. Like, bro, come on, bro. You want to race for pink slips? Come on. What's up, bro? That's, What's up? That is really what it sounded like. It, it is, it, totally. It, just, just Google C-Bomber on oh, YouTube, man. and it's just fantastic. It's classic, right? Classic. Uh, Larry, you got any thoughts on this before we move on? Steve Bomber on his presentation style. No, on, on <laughs> no. my role of Steve Ballmer. 
Yeah, I think you you're really good. I think Nailed really, it. Thank you. You could probably be a stunt double for him or something. Nailed it. All right. Yeah. Good to yeah. good to hear. Yeah. Uh, Chris Miller, Windows eight one. You excited about this? Don't care. You still on Windows seven? Don't don't care. Don't I apologize. Care. I uh, we're on Windows seven. I have Windows eight. I did a review of VMware Fusion installing eight, and I'm just I I don't use it ever. I don't Blackluster. Don't yeah. Yeah, you know I I went to the very the build conference where they first rolled out the developer version of uh, Windows eight. And I installed that on a machine and fiddled around with it for a while. And then I took that same machine just last week and thought, well, shit, I should install the new version, the you know the real version, not the one they gave out at build. And it won't run on the machine. It's old hardware and it's lacking CPU features. Yep. Uh, oh well. Nice. That's the extent of my. I'm back to Windows 7. Word to that. I'm still on XP on this machine, but everything else is seven. There you go. So uh, uh, moving on, we talked about these uh, the Nvidia Shield on Attack of the Androids. Uh, kind of the, the cool little NVIDIA gaming, uh, not a console really, but like a handheld of sorts. Um, but yeah, I guess it's getting delayed. <laughs> uh, they said that the uh, we're having a mechanical issue in our Shield multimedia device. So, you know, it'll be back. It will be shipped in July. Sorry, guys. Uh, so, yeah, it's a Tegra 4 mobile chip, pop-up retina display, runs same games as your Android tablets and smartphones. Uh, it also shows movies, plays music, ebooks, all that stuff. Uh, they say as PC sales suffer from the growing popularity of tablets, NVIDIA has staked its future on using its PC graphics expertise to make high-performance processors for the mobile device. Uh, last week, NVIDIA cut the price of the Shield from 349 all the way down to 299 So, you got a delay and a price cut. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, Eric, you excited about the Shield or any of these kind of Android gaming devices we've seen? The WikiPad? Yeah, or... I feel like I kind of already own one. And it's in yeah, my right! <laughs> we like... got them already! <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I guess, I, you know... I don't know, man. I, I don't see a place for these things. And like there's going to be a certain these, subset of people that are going to be really pumped about it. Are you this, saying because like, it's a niche, it's we already have them, we don't need a device that's dedicated to that because our tablets and our phones already do? Or what do you... This Okay, the, the Shield in particular seems to me like a company freaking out because their market is going to very rapidly disappear. It's NVIDIA no kind of... Yeah, okay. You know, GeForce Ultras or, you know, whatever thing I used to have in my gaming <laughs> computer back in the day. And like the, like something like the Ouya, if it wasn't, you know, didn't have some hardware flaws, <laughs> that's cool. What are you holding it's up there, uh, Chris Miller? What is that? The Sony... Ex- this, what is that? This is my Android gaming platform. It's my Sony Xperia tablet. Yeah. There you go. Do you love your Sony Xperia tablet? I don't know. I just got the damn thing, but I'm telling you it'd be a gaming platform before I buy another device. <laughs> That's right, huh? Right. So I wouldn't buy a handheld device just for that. I, I mean, I've got a tablet. I've got a phone like Eric held up. I don't need another well, and what's the appeal of these things? That it's a controller, that you have an actual controller instead of having to pair a Xbox controller or any other Bluetooth controller, you have it built in. Uh, the WikiPad was another one we were looking at, and it's... Yeah, yeah I, I'll use I the tablet, right? I, I don't care. I'm happy with what I've got to play games. I don't carry... I got an iPad for games. I got this tablet. I don't need another handheld game. Well, look, think about this. Whatever happened to the PSP? Do you ever hear anybody talk about the PSP? No, it's poop. Right, because it's a handheld <clears throat> game system like that fell to the wayside when you have things like the iOS, iPod games, iPad games, Android tablet games. Yeah, they've Everybody, caught up, right? They've reached parity with what those mobile Nintendo DS... I mean, all of those old mobile mobile gaming yes. platforms. Like even finding somebody with a DS now is hard, as far as I know. I, it used to be huge now. Yeah. I don't see even kids with them. They got their parents' iPad they or They got iPod their phones. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Ant Pruitt joining us. Uh, Ant, are you with us, or what's, what's up? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just on my phone right now, because... Computer wasn't booted up, so I'm trying to get. Oh, okay. Now. Word. Well, we'll we'll give you a minute to uh, to get get situated. Welcome to Yats sixty one, bud. Thank you, bro. So, uh, Mike, are are you? Oh, go ahead, Eric. 
Oh, I, I was just, I was thinking the other day about so you got this this shield which is what like what's three hundred bucks now? Yeah, two fifty, two ninety nine. So Apple has you know a hundred dollar Apple TV which they've just apparently innate well in iOS they they've added some kind of gaming controller support and this and that. What if they just flip the switch on that and you can pair a Bluetooth controller with it or use your your iPad and they what do they have ten million of these TVs out there that's gonna crush Shield because it's a TV it basically it's basically a Roku turned into a gaming console. I mean, how is Shield gonna defend against that? With its Shield block. <laughs> With its Shield block. I know I walked into that one too. No, but that's yeah, that. that's a good point and definitely <laughs> I could see maybe. Excuse me. If if you didn't have an Android tablet or a phone and this was like you're going to get one for your kids, but still why would you constrain yourself and just get this weird gaming thing when like everybody pretty much said you could get a tablet that does everything. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, It'll like, be interesting I, to see what's what's the major advantage of getting a, an actual console over gaming in a different way it's that it it just works and everything is made to 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 work with the games and all that you don't really see that in this android gaming system like it's it's all the same game so there's nothing that was programmed specifically to work with this chipset with this gpu and all that so i don't I, i don't know it'll be interesting to see like what they what they try to push and spin as like this is why you need to buy our device because it does all this cool crap that none of your other Android devices do, and then you know we'll then we'll see what's up. I, I don't know. I, I have this vision of like like video games in the future. So picture like playing Grand Theft Auto. Ingress. Right? You know, so like, Ingress. Well, and I'm not a big Ingress guy. I got I got to get started on that. But I'm I'm like totally all in on Grand Theft Auto. Okay. So okay. Like, imagine this though. I'm sitting on a train. And I can play, like today, I can play an old Grand Theft Auto on, on my iPad and only because they haven't come out with a new one for it. <laughs> right. But it's like, I get home and I can just flip it onto my TV through my Apple TV and maybe I have like a Bluetooth controller, like a really sweet controller for, what, 50 bucks? And I got it sitting on my coffee table. So when I get home, I can play on a big screen with a full controller. But if I want to like, when I'm traveling, maintain my game or something like that, I can just do it on with on-screen controls or go to my buddy's house and like flip it onto his screen and just play there I that would be that. so like, cool right holding shield with this big like thing around <laughs> yeah yeah for out. sure but that would be kind of the grail of of, of social gaming in, in a way is being able to have it on any of these devices and go anywhere and instantly join a game my app pick last night on aota was battle bears it's this great like multiplayer deathmatch kind of game that you're just these bears. If I could take that on my tablet like I have it and go to my buddy's house and instantly we're playing this game like that, that's cool. And it's it, you can do that pretty much. I don't see why I need a dedicated device for that purpose. So, Aunt Pruitt, what's up, man? Still trying to get it right. Hey, that's cool. Take your time, bro. How was <laughs> work? Here, How was work, honey? Look here, don't be calling me, honey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys see... How about uh, this? It was long. How about that? No, I hear you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. We saw uh, Google search updates. We now have music control through Google Now, which is kind of cool. Uh, I got the update. I haven't messed with the uh, the the uh, music controls through it. I usually use the notification uh, controls, but cool. I like all of this. I can definitely see this being useful for Glass. Uh, if all of these cards are going to be used to feed Google Glass, it would be useful, obviously, to have your your music control and, and whatnot. Uh, now, they, did you say you haven't played with it yet? No, not not with this specific uh, card. Let me actually let me see if I have it. I don't. I'm a little confused on the concept. What what is it? What's the connection between Google Music and? cards that appear in uh, Google Now. It's just a way to control it, right? So that would maybe open you up to being able to say Google. And it already does this. If you say Google, uh, play Matt Lee Escape Goats or whatever, it'll start playing it. So it sounds like this is more 
and like I said, I, I should have tried to, to mess with it more before uh, the show, but um, yeah, it's, it just says uh, the, the music playback voice control. So uh, it says, with the recent launch of Google Play Music All Access, this is perfect for it, uh, the voice command play blank will allow you to get the artist or song you want immediately. Uh, it even includes oh. options to change the application handler. So uh, if you want YouTube to fulfill your requests like it used to, that's doable. Uh, they say Google Now can also tell you about the TV programs you're watching, uh, provided, <laughs> assuming that you have a smart TV on the same network as the Android device. Uh, so Google Now will basically pull up a card when it thinks you're watching TV. Simply tap the Listen for a TV Show button on the card, and Google will identify it. Once that's done, you can see contextual information about the show while you watch. So that's, that's kind of cool. Is it, or is that creepy? Is this creepy or is this cool? Cool or creepy? What do you think? Well, the first what thing I thought was... What information are you looking for? What, Larry? What, I mean, if I'm watching something on TV, what contextual information is Google going to give me that I care about? IMDB. Yeah, I know. Uh, when's the last time you turned on your TV set and then went over to IMDB? And, hey, I kind of I use out the director's credits or something. Personally, I'm using Series Guide, which is a great app for uh, for Android, and it gives you that. It, it basically gives you whatever information and and, and and things that you would need while you're watching a TV show, and and it keeps track. It's uh, linked with Tracked.tv. T-R-A-K-T.TV, if you guys are familiar with that. Uh, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, I don't know. Ant, do you use this with your Google TV? Well, there are there have been a few times when I'd want to look up, you know, what does, um, what's that show? House of Cards and what's her name? Robin Wright, that fine woman in there. I was like, well, what else has she played in? And so, of course, yeah, I flipped over to the browser while I'm watching that and Try to see what else she was in. So yeah, I find use in it. But yeah, I'm that's more the best, right? When I you're... would think Ant, that you'd be more into sports statistics. I can kind of see that one more. Well, yeah, that too. But most of the time, I have a pretty decent handle on what's going on that on that end. But I was just curious about how it would integrate on the home screen because I remember at one time Google Now having the cards on the home screen was a big was big news, but I didn't quite see the use for it. Um, do you guys see it being useful now? Uh, Chris Miller says he has reached a consensus with his roundtable group there uh, on uh, what this is. Tell us. We have the uh, we have reached the decision that it is coolpy. It is cool, but yet very creepy. So it is coolpy. Ah, coolpy. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I see why you guys are getting like <laughs> you're just getting it done there, right? We're getting everything done at once. We're listening, and then we all said he said uh, Daryl over here said it's coolpy. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are great. I like it. <laughs> right. uh, they also say more minor changes in this update include cards for saved Google offers when you're near the associated businesses uh, and voice action tips. The Google search app, of course, is in the Play Store. So. Pretty cool. I like it. I still haven't seen the, somebody mention. I don't know if this is true or not, but there's a Google Now card for uh, nearest portals. If you're playing Ingress, it knows that, and it'll let you know where uh, oh, if you're really? near a, a, a portal. So I thought that'd be kind of cool to see. But what do you, you think of the Ingress app update, Matt? I am really enjoying it. It's The update's been smooth. Uh, they had some server issues, or <coughs> Shaper. <laughs> they had some Shaper activity. Um, but once that got fixed, yeah, the update's great. I like that um, when you're in an area and there's no portals, it'll show you on screen there in the app where the nearest portal is. Uh, that's really cool. I like the – and this I, – I think this came a couple updates ago, but it's a really cool feature about the notifications when your portals are being attacked. And I find mm -hmm. that if I – if I pair Ingress with Google Latitude and I'm Latitude friends with the people that I play Ingress with, I can like keep kind of tabs. We can all keep tabs on where each other's at uh, at, at, at any given time. So that's kind of cool. I had hit or miss with the, um, with the updates. At one time I was seeing all of the little uh, portals that, you know, let's say you're within 600 kilometers, I mean 600 meters. Right, or so, right, so, yeah, yeah. And, 
sometimes when I knew I was at one, it wouldn't give me that particular graphic. I could see the, you know, the the design of the portal, but I didn't get that extra graphic there. So it's been sort of hit or miss for me. I but. did notice that it was, and again, this could be shaper activity, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I noticed that it was taking it extra long to do the first server refresh. So if you were you knew that there was a portal where you were at, but it wasn't showing up immediately. Mm-hmm. And here's, here's kind of, if, if, uh, if you guys are watching live here, you can see the screen. Uh, this is on the Nexus 10, but there's the two portals that are near my location. As you see, a beautiful blue resistance field. Uh, and yeah, it tells you where the, where the closest ones are, and you can target them and, and all that. I've been playing a lot on my mountain bike, just kind of riding around with one hand like a retard, you know, just getting it done. But it, it's, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's been nice and smooth and and, and you got a black accurate. eye that way. Be careful. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's the real secret. The oh, real yeah. <laughs> That's how Larry got his black eye. He was playing Ingress. Shit. <laughs> so. No hands. All right, uh, there's an interesting article off of CNET following Google. Microsoft also challenges the DOJ gag order. Uh, so Microsoft is arguing that the U.S. government restrictions on what it can disclose constitute a, quote, content-based restriction on speech. Kind of going back to what we were talking about at the start of the show with uh, PRISM and the NSA and all that. Uh, they say that the uh, software giant cited the First Amendment in its nine-page filing last week with the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, arguing that U.S. government restrictions on what it can disclose constitute a content-based restriction to speech, uh, and the filing was made public Wednesday, which is today. So, uh, Google also filed a similar motion with the court last week, arguing that it has a, quote, right under the First Amendment to publish summary statistics about requests made under FISA, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. Uh, as we know, Google, Apple, Yahoo, Microsoft, Facebook, all these other Internet companies have been left reeling after a pair of articles earlier this month alleged that they provided the NSA with direct access to their servers through this prism thing, which, as we've discussed, that's not exactly what's what we assume is going on. So, so is Microsoft asking for something different than what uh, Google's asking? Uh, it kind of sounds like they're going after the same thing, but... I I don't know. This is so convoluted at this point. Like, how does this get fixed? I I just man, it like I don't say it keeps me up at night, but man, like, what where do you go after this? You know, what do you do? Do you just give up technology and move to Montana and like live in the hills, or I I don't? Do you just not care because you're not doing anything bad? Like that's such a crap. That's that sucks to have to make that you know that that. Choice. Where is the line drawn? Right. What is the lesser of the two evils? And and if you continue choosing the least of two evils, in the end you're left with evil. So what do you? How do you fix it? You know what like bugs me about this whole wiretap thing is that like, and I don't want to claim that we have this figured out, but I, I I'm gonna probably speak for the majority of people that. Nobody has come into my house and just like no authorities have come into my house and just searched my house illegally, right? It's because we have a system in place that says there's got to be probable cause. You have to get a warrant. You have to a really good reason to go kick down my door and go look through my house, right? And like, I get it. Those laws help. Uh, you know, they help bust criminals more often than than they're abused. You know, and it's like, you want to go in my Gmail? you want to go through my phone, like get a warrant, have a good reason. Like we have a good system in place. Why don't we just use that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like your phone or your Because it's not enough, right? Maybe the distinctions between going through stuff and getting probable cause. It, I have the thing, they're probably not going through all this crap. They're just storing it away. And if they do get probable cause, Maybe we should then say, hey, you need a warrant to go look at your own database. Right, and they're getting all of this metadata that people keep talking about, giving them basically the connections and how people are interacting. And if they come across, oh, man, Aunt Pruitt was interacting with this known terrorist at this date, then they go back and examine your whole life, basically. But that, at that. But before they go back and examine your whole life, 
you could do what Eric's saying is make him show go to a judge and say, hey, this is why we want to go examine this guy's whole life. Right, and they'll cite the Patriot Act and tell you to go F yourself, <laughs> you know. So, so, so wait a minute, wait a minute. Let, let me try to, and I'm doing this on the fly, but let, let me try to draw a parallel. Let, do let's it. Say, let's say I'm, I'm growing and selling pot in my house, right? <laughs> so, so like, I mean, let, let's go through some of the stuff that, that needs to happen. Like, they, okay. Let's say that there, there's a certain amount that, that you can grow, and once you reach that threshold, it becomes like uh, some kind of – there's more criminal charges. Say if you have like less – I'm not making this up. Let's say you have like 10 plants or less, and it's a certain charge. If you have 10 plants or more, and it's a much more significant charge, right? So some of the things that would lead them to be able to get a warrant would be like seeing me associate with people that are buying drugs you know, increased electrical usage, you know, uh, um, uh, suspicious behavior, things like that. So let's say they, they, there are cameras in every house everywhere, and they've been recording all of my actions for years. And when they bust me, I have two plants. But a year ago, I had 50. What's going to happen? Am I going to get charged? Because the, at the moment they busted me, I had two, or are they going to be able to go back through this camera reel and go, well, he had 50 at one point, so we're going to throw him away for five Yeah, years. no, this can't be like, we're going to charge you on everything you've ever done in your life. Like, if that applies to us, then that applies to you guys, dicks and Senate and Congress, and let's see who's got more skeletons in their closet, because I bet it's not us. So, so wait, so let, let, let me throw out an alternative. So let, let's take it, let's take the technology route. Let's, so let's say you are, we'll go, we'll do the drug thing, right? So let's say you are caught through prism, you know, because of your texting, your emailing, your Facebook usage. Because you drugs, weren't using right? text secure. Or, you know, whatever, but some kind of digital medium that they, they, they caught from prism. Right. And, and now that that is found unconstitutional. Okay. So now is like, all of the and, and let's say you're like you're a really bad dude, like you deserve to be in jail <laughs> sure. over what you did. If it's like all of the stuff that has ever been recorded that you've done digitally now, like uh, not admissible, and you get to walk free. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, what if they so... found a text that you admitted to committing a murder, but because it was unlawfully collected, they can't use it in court? And and at that point, right, you bring ethics and morality into the into the equation based on your state and religious affiliation. I mean, yeah, where is that? I think that the thing that that Eric just brought up, though, I think you do walk free today. Yeah. If that, if, if if evidence is found in an illegal fashion, it's just it doesn't exist. I think that's the way the world. O.J. Simpson, not, right? O.J. Courts work, yes. OJ's. And, and like that sucks. Like, like is is the NSA collecting all this information? Like, creating the biggest uh, liability that we could ever possibly imagine. I don't know. But like, like, so they're they're collecting. You know, presumably, that this is you know this is not legal. So they're they're collecting all of this information, and they probably have a lot of information on crimes that have that have been committed. But since they've collected it in an unlawful and possibly unconstitutional fashion, does that mean that all of the evidence they've collected is inadmissible? They may well, be. If this all gets uh, – somebody decides that this was all illegal, then their database is worthless. They might as well delete it all. Right, which, I mean, would be cool, but at the same time, like, what – you know, you It's information. Information is never worthless at that point, ever. Well, but if it can't be used, if a court says delete those files, I don't know if the NSA pays attention. You think? Oh, yeah. Ideally, right? But in reality, I think the files go to somebody else's computer and get analyzed, you know? Some uh, private contractor, if you will. But just as a first cut, are you guys comfortable with them gathering all this crap that they want can and keeping it in a warehouse? Honestly, Larry, I'm... probable cause in way. I'm going to quit podcasting and the internet because I'm that worried. Yeah. No. Yeah, I can see that, Matt. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I kill I, us. I, yeah, right. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I'm actually, and and, and I, I don't want to sound this like I'm sympathetic for, for the government, you know, in, in this regard, or like law enforcement. Oh, please, like, be. Like, no, but, but, but think about this, right? So the NSA, or whoever has this ability, you know, and from, we don't really know the abilities they have, but they, it sounds like they essentially have the ability to see what anybody is doing at any time on pretty much any popular device or communication medium, right? So, like, I think they screwed up big time. So think about if they want to, like, bust people and solve crimes. If they, like, didn't abuse the power and someone got a legal warrant that's like, hey, now we have the authority to go, like, investigate this guy, they have this massive power where it literally sounds like someone can be sitting at a computer and go, let's check out everything Matt Lee has been doing. Yeah, Ooh, let's turn on the off. webcam here and see what Matt's doing. But now that they abused it and they screwed up, everyone's scrambling to try to circumvent their system. You know right, what I mean? And right, if they right. hadn't abused it in the first place, they would have had, like, this great, we could have just, like, busted criminals like crazy. You and know? been and, completely like, the oblivious to this giant Kirby-like vacuum that's basically sucking all of the packets. I mean, all of the packets, you know? Like, all your you base. Did you use an old Nintendo reference? Yeah. Cur- oh, yeah, I was thinking the vacuums, but thank you. <laughs> Kirby's Dream World. What did World. he just say? Kirby's, Kirby's Dream World, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Hey, hey, Eric, I just thought of a, uh, maybe a problem with your 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 model of having to store the stuff and then have show probable cause. Like, if you think back, like, J. Edgar Hoover time, uh, he used that stuff without probable cause. You can't trust... I mean, there can exactly. be bad guys. Exactly. Oh, no, no. I, I'm saying don't store it. I, I'm saying that's... You don't even want to store it. Okay? But if you can't... You store it but check this out. If, if, but if you can't trust your elected officials, then, like, what good is the system in the first place? We might as well just build a computer, give it the algorithms, and say, judge. Figure it Wait, out. Are- judge us, please. We'll call it God. We'll all kneel in front of it and say, judge us, please. So that we can move on with our freaking lives. Just get it over with. Okay. Oh, hey, Matt, you wouldn't want to turn all surveillance off, would you? I mean, come on. No, and that's, that's the thing. Once you have it, like... Can you revert back to before you had it? And will you can't because it's an arms race. The whole world is going to be like, yeah, we turned it off. Promise. <laughs> like, okay, liars. <laughs> no, you didn't, China. And no, we didn't. It's well, never going to end at this point. Bruce Allen is consulting to China right now to speak. We need to elect Larry Press, Larry Lessig, and like a, a handful of other people to really reset the system because and I'm sorry this isn't tech but you know what I mean just reset that shit so so here's here's a question for everybody like like take a, a public place like a train station or especially an airport sure. or something like that massive amounts of surveillance and I, I think we we would all uh, uh, you're an idiot if you walk into an airport and don't think that everything, every movement you're doing is being completely surveilled and recorded. The example's and, been set, right? You I, know this. I, but I don't have it's a problem standard. with that. Like, a, it's, it's hopefully in the name of safety, and I know upon entering an airport that I'm going to be massively surveilled. And, and, and like, there is no... It's kind of like, dude, smoking's bad for you. We all know. You, you know, like... And some of us still choose to do it, and hey, those are the ones that are going to die. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's... Yeah, like, I, I don't have a problem with that. It, it's, I, I guess, and I don't know if I could even answer the question, like, do I care that... Would I have cared if the NSA was watching everything I did on the internet had they told us when they started doing it? Eh, I don't know if I can answer that question, but, like, I'm cool with it in an airport. Every move you make, every step you take... <laughs> I'll be watching you. <laughs> wow. And with that, song there somewhere. And with that, the conclusion. Actually, before we end, I, I did also want to mention this while we're talking about security. Uh, Google is going to publish the data on its malware and phishing scams. Not its mal. That came out wrong. Not Google's <laughs> malware phishing scam, but 
every time you get that mail that's like, yo, I saw a video of you last night and it was crazy. Like, click this link. And then you you report it for phishing, obviously. Hopefully you're not clicking those links because they are. I, think, I thought they already reported it, Matt. Right. Oh, did they? Is the report actually out then? Oh, yeah, the yeah, Google I, Transparency. I think it already came out. I want to say it was like close to 60% of the, the, the links out there were, were Okay, cool. We'll put bad. a link to this in the show notes at yetanothertexture.com, but the link is google.com slash transparency report slash safe browsing. And it's, it's, it's all insane, one word. It's insane, man. From what I, I, I was listening to another show earlier today and, and some of the numbers on it. And like I said, I want to say it was closer to 60% at one time. Here's what the page looks like if you guys are watching uh, the rerun or live. So that's pretty pretty cool. Wow, that's that's crazy. Approximately, <laughs> uh, they say approximately one billion people use Google Safe Browsing. Uh, we help tens of millions of people every week protect themselves from harm by showing warnings to users of Google Chrome, Firefox, and Safari when they attempt to navigate to websites that would steal their personal info or install software designed to take over other computers. Uh, so let's see. Do we have some actual numbers here? Just kind of tell you per code. Damn, it's so much. <laughs> it's like it's literally so much because if i remember right they had stuff in there whether it Three. was a phishing site or whether it was a site that had already been hacked right right and yeah yeah it, it it was pretty thorough we're Are talking like based on people's reports or on algorithmic just both i thought it was a little bit of both larry right because if you get that email and you report phishing, they can extract the data out of that message of where those servers are, on, on which websites they are at, and then they can put the, the warning in place on those domains, right? So that's, mm -hmm. it's just another signal that they're getting uh, that information out of. I've got an extension that I picked up somewhere along the line called, that goes to a site called Web of Trust. You guys ever yeah, seen yeah. it? Yeah, and that, that was yep. a big thing back in the day, right, where you had these web rings, basically, and... And it was like a, a group of, of websites all in the same kind of genre that were all sel not self-verified, but like you verify me and I'll verify you type of thing. And the more, the more this, this gets verified, basically, the more our credibility goes up. And, and no, this web of trust is the op it's not the, yeah, it sounds like verifying, but it's just the opposite. It's, you get flagged if you're a bad guy. Oh, so it's a whitelist or a, a blacklist. Blacklist, blacklist yeah. right, right. You know, Larry said that my blog showed up on it, which I thought was pretty odd considering it's run by Squarespace, of all people. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did did you get pwned? <laughs> I hope not. Squarespace is pretty freaking reliable. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? That was I was looking into switching all of uh, my stuff on there back in the day. And it was just, you, you can't host podcast MP3s because it gets really expensive really quick. <laughs> but yeah, it will. Good, good for uh, blogs and, and all that. So, uh, But yeah, we'll, uh, we're kind of at the end of the show. I'll, I'll put a link to this in the show notes at yeahnotechshow.com. You can look at the actual charts uh, yourself. But yeah, pretty interesting. They say about 10,000 of these sites a day that the uh, search Jeez. engine crawlers find. So that's... That's pretty crazy. There's a lot of nasty stuff out there, which is why you should up your game and be careful. <laughs> you know, I'm glad they published something like this just because of the use of not only just email, but also the, the search engines, whether it's Google, whether it's Bing. But I've seen some things here recently in my day-to-day -day life of people going on the web and searching for items and it scares me to find out that somebody actually goes to Google to search for Facebook.com. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> and you know what? I know people that do that. I see people yeah. Google YouTube and then click the link yeah, I mean, to I YouTube. I see stuff like that. I've seen a lot more of that here recently, and it's really been bugging me. So it, it made me think a little more like what happens when they go and search for um, – I don't know, 1080p LCD TVs. And they put that in, and the first couple of links they jump on is somebody that's selling them out of the back of their garage. Yep, yep. You know, it's, it's got a pickaxe and With a, my and a sponsored ad, <laughs> my sponsored space I paid one cent for. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm glad Google is doing stuff like this to protect uh, people like that. Yeah. Not only me, but those cats, you know? Right, right. And it's it's like herd immunity, right? The the more of this, the the better everyone is overall. And you see when people don't do things they should and herd immunity breaks and you see these ancient yep. diseases making a wicked comeback. So, <laughs> all right, with that, that's yet another tech show. Eric, plug something, please. I don't know. What do you want me to plug? All right. Plug in your computer. Larry Press. Twitter. Larry. All right. At Sketch This on Twitter. Uh, Larry Press on his blog. We have links to Mike Rothman's stuff, Aunt Pruitt's stuff, my stuff, all on yetanothertechshow.com. Uh, you guys can leave us a message at 406-204-4687. Please do us a favor and subscribe in iTunes and then write us a review. It's really hard to get people to see the show when there's all of these other shows that are like having all of these resources to throw into networking and, and all that like we can't compete with that oh, yeah. so we need our listeners to actually help us compete with that they actually have a budget yeah we don't uh <laughs> we have a negative budget a budget is, what's that we try to make a budget every month we we do what we can we do have one of the faster downloading shows out there i'll tell you that much this is true. So check out our other shows, attackoftheandroids.com. Of course, this is yet another texture.com. Every Thursday, you can catch Point and Shoot, Aunt Pruitt's smartphone photographer, Google Plus Hangout. Very, yes, sir. It's beautiful stuff. It is. The pictures you guys post on that community are awesome. So, all right. Thanks for listening, guys. Yet another texture.com. We'll catch you next Wednesday. Peace thanks, out. everyone. So I got y'all. Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.